Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Online Podcast. This is our sermon series podcast, and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. As we get going, I wanted to say that whether you are tuning in today from the car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message inspires you and that it gives you hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and get excited as we get ready to learn today. Hey, well, it is so good to be back together as imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And if you're new with us here today, you might be wondering, why would you say that we're imperfect people? Well, it's because we are, right? We've all fallen short and we've all made mistakes. And really the great thing is this, that we all have the opportunity to receive God's grace and forgiveness. And my hope is this, that if you're here today and you're kind of on the fence, when it comes to believing in Jesus and and kind of trusting in him as your savior, my hope is this, by the end of your time here today, that, that you will come to a place where you're ready to make the most important decision of your life and that you would choose to become a disciple of Jesus. Now, I want to take a moment and invite Holy Spirit into our time together today as I talk about God's word and, and ask him to help us to have a heart of obedience. So would you join me as I pray? Well, Holy Spirit, today we recognize that our hearts can become hard sometimes when we start to evaluate our own lives. So today we ask that you would speak to us, that you would help to soften our hearts and make us receptive to your voice. God, we want you to speak to us. Help us to be transformed by the way we think. Help us to make the switch in how we think about mental illness and how we approach it and and how we see um, you moving in us and challenging us in our spiritual lives and how being healthy, God, Being healthy in our spiritual lives will actually help us in our mental lives. So God, we pray that you would give us peace today to exchange our anxiety. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are in week four of our series, and it is a series addressing mental illness and our spiritual life. And we're calling it Switch. And uh, it's been a really fun series in, the, in regard to this. It's been challenging, but it's been fun because what we've been learning is that, that it's okay to admit that we have mental illness and that, that God wants to actually help flip a switch in us to see, um, to see differently the struggles that we have. Now, here's something I want to just lay out right away at the beginning. I've said this every week so far, and I'll say it again today. At Thrive, we want everyone to understand that we believe that counseling is a, an important resource and tool for every person who struggles with mental illness, that it shouldn't for no reason be seen as shameful. And we also believe this, that for some people, appropriate, uh, appropriate medication to help counteract some of the things that mental illness can do, the, the chemistry imbalances that we might have that cause mental illness, man, for some people that is vitally important. And there is no shame in having to uh, take medication to help you. But we also believe this, as believers, we also um, understand that God walks with us through every circumstance, through every health issue, including our mental health, that he is walking with us and we're not alone. And that we also strongly believe that when we pray, God is able to supernaturally heal us. And so we're going to continue to pray for every person in our lives and ourselves that, that, that struggle with mental illness, that the Holy Spirit, that God through his power would supernaturally heal us. And we're going to pray and believe that he can and he will. Okay, so I just want to lay that out right from the start. 
Now, last week, I mentioned this. I talked about depression. I said depression is one of the most common mental illnesses that people will, will deal with. Did you know that anxiety, anxiety is closely connected to depression? In fact, these two are kind of like ride or die friends when it comes to kind of affecting people in their mental health. Anxiety, the, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America has found that nearly half of those that suffer with depression also struggle with anxiety and vice versa. So if you struggle with anxiety, there's a good chance you also struggle with depression. They're kind of like two sides of the same coin. There's also this a connection between anxiety and fear. They're also closely related, but they, they do have some significant differences. For example, if you were to fall in a pit with a lion, you would have fear, right? If you were to go skydiving, you'd probably have a little bit of fear. If you were to uh, be diagnosed with cancer, there'd probably be some fear inside of you, right? There's, there's just going to naturally be a fear that rises up. Fear is based on realistically anticipated danger or a negative outcome. Realistic, anticipated danger. We'll talk more about that next week. But anxiety is this. Anxiety is based on what a person thinks could be dangerous in the absence of any real danger. Let me say that again. Anxiety is based on what a person thinks could be dangerous in the absence of any real danger. So let's just get one thing clear though. Physiologically, anxiety is actually a natural response. It, it's part of our fight or flight response that, that we'll have when we're facing challenges, right? It's what keeps us on the lookout when the dangerous thing has passed. Right? It's like when animals uh, are being hunted and then that, that an the, the, the hunter kind of passes by them. They are still filled with this anxiousness. And so they, they kind of stay where they're at and they, they kind of look around with a little bit more uh, uh, clarity because they're worried about that hunter coming back. Right? And so what happens is that, that our bodies naturally have this response. Let me give you a practical example, personal example. Uh, there was a time when I was driving my car when I was in college and, and I truly believe that I almost died. And here's what happened. I was driving my car and I was approaching an intersection. Okay, and there was, you know, four-way stop, uh, stoplights. And I had a red light as I was approaching about 200 feet away. And I started to put my foot on the brake and then, and then the light changed to green. So I started to accelerate. And, and I always do this when I go through intersections. I always kind of glance to the right and left just to kind of make sure that people aren't flying through because I've seen plenty of those kinds of accidents. And so I glanced, I didn't see anyone. And so as I, about 20 feet, I was about 20 feet from entering that intersection, I just out of the corner of my eye on the right-hand side, I see this lifted truck starting to kind of come to the stoplight. And I was hoping that it was going to stop, but it began to just fly through the intersection. And so you can imagine I'm 20 feet and I'm going the speed limit and I'm driving and this truck is coming through and it, and right as I'm about to hit him, I swerve to the right. I swerve to the right and the car just barely misses the bumper because the, car, the truck was still moving. He didn't even slow down, didn't even notice what had happened. And I barely missed his tailgate. And then, and then I'm heading toward the corner. I'm heading toward the corner where the, the light post was and the curb was, and I'm heading toward that. And I'm able to kind of recorrect the car. And I drive two blocks down the street and I parked the car and I happened to have a friend in the car with me. And I remember looking over at them and they looked at me and they're like, we almost, we almost died. Now, I don't know if we would have died, but I, I'm for sure uh, guaranteed we would have been injured very seriously. Now, that, that brought up fear. That brought up a fight or flight. But here's what happened after that. 
Every time I began to approach an intersection for the next several weeks, I would have this anxiety, this fear, beyond fear, this anxiety that a car was going to hit me. It was something that was so real, and yet there was, there was very rarely ever an occasion where there was going to be a car flying through an intersection again. And so there was this anxiety that was kind of welling up inside of me. Obviously, my fight or flight had kicked in, but this anxiety began to kind of take hold of me. It took a long time for me to kind of be able to kind of go through a green light without having this anxiety response. Some anxiety is normal. We got to be clear about that. Some anxiety in our life is normal when we've experienced a traumatic event in our lives. Okay? And so sometimes anxiety will spring up in the most unlikely times because of past events that have happened. What we're going to be talking about today is an unhealthy anxiety. An unhealthy anxiety, and this is what happens, is in the absence of a real danger, we, we kind of just get spun out on some things. Unhealthy anxiety is when a person thinks they're in danger even when in reality they are not. Or they think that there's going to be a negative response to them when really there's no call for that. Now I'm going to expose myself a little today because when I was about 13 years old, I, I was in charge of taking the garbage out. And I, I didn't like waking up really, really early in the morning to do that. And so I would actually take the garbage out at night. And I hated it. I hated taking the garbage out at night um, and because it kind of would stir up anxiety in me. Now, I, I can't explain why, but this, there, this kind of anxiety would stir up in me, right? Now you might be wondering, why would, it, why would you get anxious about taking your garbage out at night? I mean, like the garage is probably only, you know, 20 feet from the, the curb. No, we lived in a house when I was 13. We lived in a house that had a long dirt road like a long driveway out to the main road. And we had to take our trash can all the way out there because the trash, uh, the trash man wouldn't come into where our house was. And so we had to roll that thing about 500 feet out. And there were no lights on our driveway. There were no lights on our street. And so uh, by the time I kind of walked out of the light of the porch, the, the house light, I was in the dark and we're talking like, we're talking like dark, dark, because there weren't a lot of houses around where we were. We had a lot of space between our house and the next house. And so it was like dark, dark out there. And the other thing that I remembered was this, is that in the middle of the night, I would often hear coyotes howling and yipping. And, and you know how that sound is, right? It's like the most eerie sound. And, and when they get close to your house, it's kind of creepy. And we had coyotes that lived close to our house. And so I always, my mind would always start to imagine every little noise was a bunch of coyotes ready to attack me, right? And so I'd, I'd kind of walk the trash can out and then kind of make a quick jog back to the house. And by the time I got back into the house, my hands would be sweaty, my heart would be racing. I'd be so full of this anxiety. Now I know it's silly. I know that it's silly for me to, to kind of have anxiety about that, but that's how most anxiety is. In fact, science has discovered that most of our anxiety, about 98% of the things that we are anxious about really don't matter. There's really actually no danger to be anxious about. It makes no sense, and we know this deep down inside, but it doesn't stop anxiety from wreaking havoc in our lives, does it? Sorry, the truth is this. We will all worry a little about the big things. Like, we'll, we'll worry about big decisions we have to make. There's going to be some worry and some fear and some anxiety about making big choices, like buying a house, right? Getting married, Deciding where to go to college, right? 
when we have to face a global pandemic, there's going to be some anxiety that comes up because those are actual, those are actual risks that you're taking, right? But here's the thing. Unhealthy anxiety gets us to think a lot about the little things. It creates, it creates a tension and an anxiety in us over little things, things like this. Like, like maybe you're, you're the kind of person that's like, my friend is going to totally judge me about how messy my house is, so I can't ever have them over. Meanwhile, that friend hasn't cleaned their house in five weeks, but you, you're anxious about it. You're anxious about the judgment they're going to give. Or maybe you're the kind of person who, who wonders this, is my boss going to fire me because of that comment I made, even though the boss asked you to give feedback? Right? So you're, you're anxious about how they're going to respond. And, or maybe as a parent, right? As a parent, we, we, we look at our son, uh, Silas, and we're, we wonder, like, is he hitting the right marks? And so we start to wonder and we start to question. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'm like, ooh, maybe he's a little behind. And so I have to, like, remind myself not to get anxious about it, that every baby is on its own journey, right? Or maybe uh, you're the kind of person that when you text somebody and they don't text you back right away, immediately you think that they are, they, they're mad at you. That, that, that you said something wrong, you start to question everything. This anxiety, this, this anxiety that really has no place, this unhealthy fear, this unhealthy anxiety that leads you down a path of chaos and not peace. The good news is this, as a believer and disciple in Jesus, you don't have to live in the chaos. You know the source of peace. It's Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. And Thrive, our goal for this series is to see how you can address your mental health by strengthening your spiritual health. The stronger we are spiritually, the better we're equipped to deal with any mental health issues or illnesses that we may have. God wants to transform, transform us by changing the way that we think. He wants to show us that having mental illness is not the end. He wants to help flip the switch in our minds so that we can see the truth about who we are and how God created us. I believe the scripture gives us hope to battle our mental illness and that when we're spiritually healthy and in tune with the Holy Spirit, you and I are better prepared to address and respond to our mental health. So there's one passage that I want to look at today. We're going to kind of break it down. We're going to read it and kind of break it down. It was written by the Apostle Paul, written to the people in Philippi. And I mentioned this last week as well, but we're really going to dig into it this week. I believe it'll help us spiritually counteract the pull of unhealthy anxiety in our lives. So if you would turn to Philippians chapter four, if you have your Bibles, you can put it up on your phone. We'll also have it on the screen as well. Turn to Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four. Now, as you're turning there, as you're getting ready for that, I just want to say this. For the next few minutes, we're going to see what the Bible says to us about this, having a spiritually healthy response to anxiety. And this passage is amazing because it really is one of the few passages in scripture that really just hits a topic and really just knocks it out of the park in giving us some tools in how to approach it and how to combat that, uh, combat what is being talked about. So let's jump in verse four. What does it say? Verse four and five, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. When are we to rejoice? Always, right? Not some of the time, rejoice in the Lord always. And for you in the back, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Why can we rejoice? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Paul says your first response to unhealthy anxiety is to do this. And you could write this down if you're a note taker. You could write this down. Rejoice because the Lord is near. 
Rejoice because the Lord is near. If you're in the middle of a a chaotic anxiety attack, anxiety is just filling you and overwhelming you, you can still rejoice because you can know as a believer that the Lord is near. And if you're here today and you're, you're not yet in the family of God right now, but you're here and you're like, where do I find this hope? Just know that the Lord is near to you as well and he is waiting, just waiting for the invitation to come and to fill you with his peace. Rejoice in the Lord because the Lord is near. When you remember that God is with you, even in the middle of the chaos, you can rejoice because he will not leave you or abandon you to the storm. In fact, he is the one that can speak to the storm. Be still. So when you recognize that you're feeling unhealthy anxiety, you can rejoice because the Lord is near. What else does this passage teach us about responding to unhealthy anxiety? Verse six and seven, it says, do not be anxious about what? Anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Like not anything, but in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now let's take a second and break that down. Because it's important for us to catch how this is communicated to us by Paul. First, he says, through prayer. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's how we have the conversation with him back and forth. We say some things and he replies back to us. That's what prayer is. It's a conversation, right? So that's what prayer is. So through prayer, we petition. Now, petition is is the what. It's the what type of prayer we're talking about here. Because did you know that there are different types of prayer, that not all prayers are the same? That, that there's actually, um, there's prayers of thankfulness where you just kind of thank God for all that he's done. That's a prayer of thankfulness. There's, there's prayer, uh, prayers of praise, right? Just praising God for who he is and, and how he's shown up in your life. And then there's, there's prayers of confession where you just lay out all of your sins before God. You confess to him the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're dealing with, just to name a few. So Paul is specifically talking about a petition, a prayer petition. A petition is a formal request, a formal request of God. This is when you get, a, you get very specific about what you're asking God to do. You make your request with thankfulness and not entitlement toward God, recognizing that, that he is the one who offers grace. He is offering to listen to you, the creator of the universe is willing to listen to you, to listen to your petition for him to act on your behalf. So every time you feel anxious about anything, Paul says this, you can write this down, present your anxious thoughts to God. Present your anxious thoughts to God. Be very specific. God, I'm feeling very anxious about blank. I'm feeling very anxious about blank. I'm feeling very anxious about blank. You just list off the things that you're feeling this anxiety about and ask God to begin to transform the way you see those things and how you interact with them and how you, 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 you live your life through them. Present your anxious thoughts to God. What happens when you do that? I love what Paul says here. He says, and the peace of God, everybody say that, peace of God will do what? Will transcend all understanding. In other, in other words, the, the peace of God is going to blow your mind. The peace of God is going to blow. You're not even going to be able to fully embrace the peace of God that's going to come to you when you petition him and you lay these anxieties before him. Because this is what he does for you when you do that. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's peace will protect you from unhealthy, anxious thoughts. God's peace will act like a storm wall against the tide and the waves of anxious thoughts that are coming at you. 
And when you recognize that there's some unhealthy anxiety that's slipping in and seeping into your heart, into your mind, into your life, you can present your anxious thoughts to him and he will respond. Now, it would be easy for us to stop right there and assume that God will do all of the work, that he's going to do all the work, that you don't have to do anything, right? But Paul continues to give more insight to us in how we can take control of our unhealthy, anxious thoughts. What does he say? Starting in verse eight, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, do what? Do what? Think about such things. Think about them. Really, the deeper, the deeper meaning that Paul is getting at here is meditate on those things. Feed on those things. Allow life to come from those things. Paul reminds us that we are to be active participants in our own mental health. That, yes, you can rejoice because the Lord is near. And, yes, you can, be pre- you can present your anxious thoughts to God. But you have a responsibility to do this. Write this down if you're taking notes. You have a responsibility to fill your mind with things that create peace. Fill your mind with things that create peace. You can't expect to fill your mind with unhealthy things and get a healthy response, right? I can't eat Doritos every single day, like bags and bags of Doritos, and expect to have like, you know, a healthy response to that. We have to feed off of healthy things. So when unhealthy anxiety tries to fill your thoughts with lying and treacherous, incorrect, impure, ugly, disgusting thoughts, you should counteract them with what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. When you're actively putting in good thoughts, it leaves less and less room for the unhealthy thoughts, the negative thoughts, the anxious thoughts to have space. You're not supposed to be passive in receiving what God is doing for you. You need to be active, an active pursuer of peace. The Bible says to seek peace and pursue it. Well, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So if you need to kind of like, no, well, how do I seek peace? Seek Jesus, all that he was, all that he is. Be his disciple, follow in his footsteps, live like he did, believe as he taught. Seek peace and pursue it. We all have a part to play in our mental health. So we need to fill our minds with things that create peace. You need to fill your mind with things that create peace. Now, remember, God wants to transform you by changing the way you think. And Paul started this passage by saying, don't be anxious about anything. Now that feels a lot easier to say than to do, doesn't it? It feels very easy to say, but hard to do. But Paul in this passage has given you and I tools that we need to combat the chaos of unhealthy anxiety in our lives. I love that Paul doesn't leave us without hope. Paul doesn't leave us without hope. He encourages you to do one last thing. One last thing that he says. In verse 9, he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, do what? Say it with me. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Man, if that isn't hope, I don't know what is. He starts with, don't be anxious. And his last words on the subject are, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is a great resource for us to look at, a great person to kind of follow. So when he says, look at how I live, look at how I'm doing this, he's saying it from a position of a man who's in prison, 
who doesn't know what his life is going to hold. He doesn't know what's coming next. There might be some anxious thoughts that he's struggling with, and yet he's writing to the church, to his brothers and sisters, and saying, don't be anxious about anything. If Paul in prison can say that, then we can take a hold of these thoughts and we can begin to do what he said, just as the people in Philippi were challenged to do what he said and put these things into practice. If you're taking notes, you could write that. Put these truths into practice. Because when you do, what, what happens is this, the God of peace will be with you. When you put these things, when you, when you pray and you submit your anxious thoughts to God, when you remember that the Lord is near, when you fill your mind with things that create peace, what happens is this, the God of peace will be with you. Friends, the antithesis of anxiety is peace. Paul has given you a clear roadmap to being spiritually healthy and that will have an effect on your mental health as well. As disciples of Jesus, you do not have to be unprepared or unequipped to resist unhealthy, anxious thoughts that will try to create chaos in your life. As a disciple of Jesus, as a person who has exchanged your old life in the flesh for a new life in Christ, you have access to a full peace of God, to all of the peace that he has to offer. So if you're feeling anxious today, you can rejoice because the Lord is near. You can present your anxious thoughts to God. You can fill your mind with things that create peace. But all of those tools, all of those steps are pointless in your battle against unhealthy anxiety if you don't put them into practice. In just a moment, the worship team will lead us in a song. And when they do, I encourage you to ask Holy Spirit, which of these things you need to focus on? Is it just rejoicing that God is with you even in the midst of your storms? Is it choosing to put healthy things in your mind and, and feed off of the good things and put, put healthy things in your brain? Is it, is it petitioning God and laying all of your anxieties before his feet? What is he asking you to do? I want to take a moment and pray for my, my brothers and sisters in Christ right now. So if you would let me, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, you know our hearts. You know how hard it can be to fight the unhealthy anxiety that can slip into our thoughts. And so we ask that you would give us the courage to put this passage into practice in our lives. Show us which of these steps that we can take to become more spiritually healthy because God, we want our spiritual health to drive our mental health. Jesus, I pray for my Thrive family right now and in this room, just the statistics alone tell me that there are several in here who are battling mental illness. And so I pray that they would know that you are near that you will never leave them or abandon them. I pray that they would know that they can lay all of their anxieties at your feet and God, that, they, that they, can, they can receive peace that only comes from you. Help them to fill their minds with the things that create peace for them. And God, I pray that you would help them to put each of these things into practice. I pray that they would experience peace that only you can give. Now, as we continue to pray this morning, I believe that there's someone listening here today that came with no hope. You have been living with anxiety and you've searched high and low for anything that could give you peace. You, I want you to know something today. You don't have to battle your anxiety alone. Jesus came to this earth to restore peace to us. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. When you seek peace, who is Jesus, you will find him because he is standing at the door of your heart right now and he is knocking. He wants to come in and exchange your old life without him for a new life in him. When you confess him as Lord, 
the leader of your life, when you believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus sent Holy Spirit as a gift to us to live in us, to help guide us, to give us counsel. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, but the advocate Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. That's the Holy Spirit. He sent the Spirit to be peace in us. Do not, I do not give you as the world gives to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If you're here and you're saying, I need peace. I can't keep living this life full of unhealthy anxiety. I'm at the end of my rope and I need someone to save me. If that's your prayer, you need to know that Jesus came to save you. And you can start your new life in Christ today. I'm going to say a very simple prayer. And if you say this prayer and believe in your heart, these words, you will begin to your new life in Christ, the one who is the Prince of Peace. If you're ready, would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, please forgive me for all of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and serve you and follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for a new life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, our worship team is gonna come and lead us in another song. I challenge everyone today to ask Holy Spirit, what are you wanting me to do? How can I obey your voice today? In what way can I respond to this message, this challenge to battle my anxiety by seeking peace and pursuing it. Let's worship this morning. Hey, thanks again for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online Podcast.